Good morning, New Hope. So good to be with you. Thanks for, for tuning in or, or being here. Uh, special shout out to Bram. Our family loved being with you a couple weeks ago. It was probably 2006, and I was feeling this, this calling to transition from my urban youth ministry, the hockey ministry I was doing, to pastor and plant a church. And I was really scared, to be quite honest. I hadn't been in seminary in 15 years in that time and hadn't thought about pastoring a church in a long time. I was shaking in my boots. But then my wife Erin prayed and uh, wrote, wrote a note to me and she, she left this scripture. It says, Psalm 78, 70 to 72, he chose David his servant and took him from the sheep pens. From tending sheep, he brought him to be the shepherd of his people, Jacob, of Israel, his inheritance. And David shepherded them with integrity of heart, with skillful hands he led them. And when I read that verse, I knew it was from God. I, it was all I needed because I learned this lesson of loving God and shepherding his people from my father. I think this verse shows us two things of what spiritual leadership is all about. And my dad modeled those things for me. First of all, integrity of heart. My dad was the same guy when he was preaching in the pulpit, when he was pastoring, and when he was home with his family. Integrity of heart. And then it said uh, he shepherded them with skillful hands. And so uh, my dad used the gifts that God had given him to, to lean in and to encourage people to love God with all their heart. I think I learned this lesson, this, uh, this legacy of leading in this way. Um, it was more caught than taught in my home. And so it's, you know, it was just lived out, a continual way of loving God and, and serving God and, and living out the word of God. But my dad was far from perfect. Uh, myself, all of us are, are flawed human beings. None of us are perfect. But the gospel of God calls us, no, no matter who we are, as parents, as, as leaders, um, the Bible, the, the gospel calls us to lean into our ultimate shepherd king, Jesus. He's the perfect one. And by his grace, he can transform us more and more to be like him. Today, we're continuing in the second week of our series, Leaving a Legacy. And the title of our message today is, Teach Them. I'm going to be preaching from Deuteronomy 6, which is a great passage of uh, this call to love God with everything that we have and to teach our children in, in all of these different ways and facets of bringing the commands to them. It says a lot about raising kids in the ways of God. But first of all, this message is to love God with all of our hearts. And it's ultimately for all of us, whether we're parents or not, we're all called to, to love God with everything and out of the overflow of our hearts to teach others in the, in the only legacy that lasts forever, the legacy of a loving relationship with Jesus. Follow along as I read our passage today. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So here's our, our big idea today. 
is that in order to leave a legacy that lasts, we need to love God with everything and teach his love with intentionality. So first of all, love God with everything. Deuteronomy 6 follows right after the reading and the explaining of the Ten Commandments. And what we have first in our scripture today is what is called the Shema. The Shema was the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. This is the first scripture that every Jewish child commits to memory. The Shema was to be uh, on the lips and, and in the hearts of, of the Jewish people every day. That constant reminder that the most important thing is to love God with all our heart, all our soul, and all our strength. And after God has given his top ten of do's and don'ts in the Ten Commandments, the most important thing to remember is it's about the heart. In order to properly trust and follow God, we need to constantly love God with all of our heart. It's easy to look at the, these instructions that follow as maybe a, a laundry list that uh, parents are to teach their children. I mean, I can't believe we're, we're in the middle of summer, right? And we're already being bombarded with back to school this, back to school that. And every parent knows the exhaustive list they get of back to school supplies. It's easy to treat this passage like a, a back to school list of everything we need to do to, to teach the word of God to our kids. Teach the, God, the word of God when our kids wake up. Teach the word of God when they, they sit down. Teach it when you walk along the way and when they lie down. But this opening call to love God with everything causes us to push the pause button and never focus on the, the how-tos before the daily and continual reminder to make sure our love relationship with God is is always the, the first and preeminent thing. All the external actions that guide us to teach God's ways have to flow out of this love for God. And so before the list of doing and doing the things that, that teach God's ways, we need to focus on our being, daily letting God's love lead us and guide us and change us. In other words, God is grounding us in the truth that we can never truly teach something that we're not experiencing. A person must always experience this love commandment before they can teach others. You can only fake it till you make it with a few things. And you can't fake it till you make it in leaving a legacy that lasts. Barna Research has shown that the number one reason that, that youth and young people leave the church is because of hypocrisy. It just isn't real. It isn't authentic. Uh, any kind of teaching or doing God's ways isn't flowing out of the heart from the inside out. My favorite phrase I learned in seminary was this. It can't happen through you unless it's happening to you. So for me, I can't expect to, to teach people. I can't expect uh, to lean into people and to, to help them follow Jesus unless I'm being led by Jesus daily. And so we're implored from the very beginning to, to love God with everything, to keep falling in love with Jesus. And so moms and dads, grandpas and grandpas, any, anybody trying to be an extra 
we talk about there's five to seven people that, that every child, every youth needs to encourage them to, to grow into the people, the children of God that they are to be. Uh, there was one youth pastor that took this ratio and, and flipped it because usually you have one adult for every five kids at a youth group or wherever it is. And so they flipped that and started amassing an army of five caring adults for every kid. Adults to come alongside and cheer kids at a sporting event and to encourage them and walk with them and um, champion them, even sending them care packages when they go off to college. What a beautiful picture of how a village, how an invested church community can leave a legacy for all our youth. But we can't give away what we don't have. We can't teach what we're not experiencing on a daily basis. The pattern of continually sharing the word of God needs to flow out of who we are in the inside, loving God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. In order to leave a legacy that lasts, we need to love God with everything, and secondly, we need to teach his love with intentionality. I love what Amanda shared, our new children and family director shared with Pastor Bill last week about the role of the family and the church in leaving this legacy with our next generation. She said it's both the work and responsibility of the family and the church. And the church primarily is here to come alongside the family, to, to equip the family to lead their children in faith transformation and growth. The book of Deuteronomy here attaches the primary importance and responsibility to the family in teaching and passing down God's ways. And in these few short verses, we have a variety of methods that are given to help parents. They were to experience them, to talk about them in multiple settings, to exhibit God's word, to write them down, and most importantly, to model them for their children. Here again is the pattern given. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So first of all, we need to talk about them when you sit at home. We've probably all heard the research of how important it is for, for a family to, to share meals together. Lord willing, once a day to, to share a meal. To, it's so basic for basic mental health and for uh, bonding together and meaningful relationships. But here we have, it's so important to, when we sit down together, to share the truth of God's word. There's so many great devotionals out there that are, that are great at age-appropriate ways. Uh, we used to have one when our kids were young that was just simple pictures and, and sharing of a God story that we could, we could read quickly before dinner or, or after dinner. Um, my wife, her family read the Joe White devotionals, and Joe White was the camp director of Canuck Christian Sports Camp down near Branson, Missouri, and our family would read through those devotionals as well. I think it's important to not uh, force God's word and force uh, God's ways on our kids and to be sincere and sometimes just asking good questions at the dinner table. 
You know, how, how was your day? What was the highlight of the day? Did you have any God moments in the day? Taking time to share and to listen, to pray together. And maybe you're thinking, hey, that's easier, pastors, family, but sometimes just trying to get my kids to pray before uh, gorging on the meal is like trying to herd kittens. So you can pray for me too. So we talk about them when we sit home. Secondly, we talk about them when we walk along the road. This is a rich imagery of, of walking along the road and, and, and being active and, and, and bringing in words God no matter what we're going out. If we're out in nature, if we're, we're in the car driving somewhere, there, there can be this great tool of associational learning, of learning God's word when we're going in certain places. One of my treasured memories in the last year, um, in the last couple of years, was driving kids to school and just taking the, the verse of the day and reading it together when we start out and, and talking about what does this mean? What does this mean to us? And how can we meditate or think about this verse throughout the day and just praying while we're driving to school? And another New Hoper took this idea and got a short devotional and put it in the glove box of their car and when she was taking kids to school, would, would take that out and, and read the Word of God as they were walking or driving along the road. When the Bible talks about walking, it's a rich imagery of following God in every area of our lives, in the, in the multiple ways, making God a part of that as we, as we go out and go about our day. Thirdly, we talk about them when you lie down. I've heard it explained that this is just a rich imagery of the importance of creating a calming, peaceful uh, space and putting our kids to bed. We can read a quick Bible story. We can recite a quick Bible story from memory. We can uh, tuck kids in and ask them how their day was and pray over them. This is so important to talk about God's in a simple way when we're, when we're lying down and it's so good when, when kids, some of my kids had sleeping issues or uh, nightmares or whatever, we would, we would pray specifically and pray the blood of Jesus and pray over the dreams and pray over the thoughts and pray over the night uh, in Jesus' name and anything not of the Lord Jesus needing to leave and never return. This is a precious time to pour the word of God in, to pour the spirit of God in as we lie down. Fourthly, talk about them. Talk about these commandments when you get up. I've told you before, I love the phrase, no Bible, no breakfast. And that's for me, because I'm wired to get up early and to, to spend some time with Jesus, to have coffee and, and God's word with him. But it, I mean, like most of us, trying to get our kids just out the door in one piece is, is hard enough. And so maybe it's not easy to to spend time uh, talking about the Bible or Bible verses while we're getting up and getting out the door. But taking a, just a simple opportunity to, to say a blessing over kids, to say, make good choices. God loves you. My wife uh, borrowed a, a, a wonderful blessing from a friend in, in ministry together in the city. And my, my wife would repeat this to our kids every day. Mommy loves you. Daddy loves you, Jesus loves you most of all, and God is with you all the time. What a fantastic way to just pour the truth of God's word, of his sovereign control, of the truth of his promises over our kids as they're, they're going out. 
We can write a note and put it in a lunchbox. And maybe you're one of the five to seven adults that, that wants to be an encouragement to kids in, in this church, in our community. You can write a note of encouragement, a, a note of blessing. If you have permission from the parents, you can text them an encouraging thing uh, in different days. The passage for today ends with this instruction that we're not supposed to just talk about God's word. We're supposed to tangibly have the word physically before us and written down in our presence with us and on the doorposts of our homes. One of my favorite things uh, when we the kids were younger, we had these uh, gel pens that we could write on the, the, the windows that we could write a scripture or a picture and then you could erase it. But as we were doing devotions, we would write out the word of God together on the patio door or, or on a window. I was recently uh, visiting with a new hoper and found out the small world reality that her college roommate was one of my kids, uh, all three of my kids, one of their elementary teachers. Christy Clausen is a fabulous teacher and a, a lover of Jesus at Minnehaha Academy where my kids went in earlier years. And when she found out we were building a home a few years ago, she said her husband was a contractor and when they were building their home, they had the kids write scripture verses on the studs before putting the walls up. And so that's what we did. You can see this picture of my daughter Faith years ago writing Isaiah 48 on her walls of a room. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. We can cover our kids. We can cover our homes with the word of God and stand on the promises of his word. His word will not return void. In order to leave a legacy that lasts, we need to love God with everything and teach his love with intentionality. The whole sticky faith research came out of Fuller Seminary where their youth institute um, did the research of what makes faith stick when kids leave home. And we hear so many youth that, that are abandoning the faith, are abandoning church. This is great research that, that uh, encourages us in different ways. How can we be pouring God's love and God's word into our kids? And Aaron and I led a um, a small group with that research. Brent and Candy Lunn have, have done that in Bram. And maybe some here would want to do a small group in the fall and go through the research. How can we be producing sticky faith in our youth? No matter who we are, no matter what stage of life we're in, we all need to be daily living into the greatest commandment, to love God with all our heart, soul, strength, and to find ways to intentionally be passing on that grace and the word that keeps us on the path with God. I want to just challenge you today as we leave. What's one way you can be practicing stretching your whole heart love with God? What's one practical way you can pour into that, that shame of the loving God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength? And secondly, what's, what's one practical application that you can be more in teaching, intentional in teaching and passing on the legacy of God's word. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time to come into your word. We just thank you that you, you know us and Lord, you, you know that we need to daily come before you and surrender our hearts to you and, and ask that our hearts would be so in love with you we would 
give you all our hearts, all our minds, all our soul, all our strength. Would you take over, Lord Jesus, and teach us how to intentionally be passing on your word? Would new hope be known as people that come around their children and their youth and pass on this legacy that lasts forever, the the legacy of loving your son, Jesus? We pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Church, watch this uh, wonderful uh, New Hope story uh, from Bob and Paula who are pouring into our children in Bram. God bless. Hi, New Hope. I'm Bob. This is my wife, Paula. We do uh, youth ministry up in uh, uh, Bram. Yeah, we started here at Cambridge doing the school age and um, just just loved it and and it was so fun connecting with the kids each Sunday or the every other Sunday that we did it. And I think it's uh, um, a good part. Maybe they'll be our teachers someday when we're sitting in a nursing home. Well, who knows? Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, it's fun to reflect back and uh, uh, they're, they're all good kids here. Good way to invest in our future future presidents, our future pastors and teachers, and um, yeah, they like chase me around and jumping <laughs> up on me and stuff like that. Uh, uh, they can catch me pretty easy now because I'm not as fast as I used to be, and it's good to listen because they, they need that sometimes, uh, to put a good faithful uh, input in, you know, it helps when they like you. Uh, it makes you feel good when you, uh, you know, you come in and um, they all know your name. But um, yeah, I think uh, it's fun being greeted by kids. I want to serve my Lord, and they just have that trust, like it says in the Bible, you know, the, the faith of a little child. To me, it's just an awesome feeling, and it's a humbling thing because you know you're serving the Lord, but, but, it, but it's also rewarding to yourself. A lot of times when um, we get to church, I, I think of them bracelets that the kids used to have, you know, what would Jesus do? Or, um, and I think about that, you know, how would um, Jesus come into this? He was, uh, he loved the little children, and um, I guess as Christians, we're all supposed to do that. We're all supposed to, uh, um, you know, have a childlike faith, but yet, um, you know, follow Jesus and, um, and lead or use him as our example. You know, I think it's real important to show that love to each and every child. Um, the one child that we were working with didn't want to do this, but when he understood the story we were portraying, he goes, oh, I know that story. And he came up later and told us it was the best time he ever had. It was almost made us cry because, you know, you can yeah. just feel that there's that connection there. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, the time goes by, um, the time goes by really uh, fast um, when you're one-on-one um, -on -one with all, you know, all these kids. It seems like you can get one-on-one -on, -one on it because they're, you know, um, they're eager to learn. Uh, they're, uh, they're good kids. They're yeah. good kids, yeah. I think it's very important because Jesus invested in us I mean, big time, that we want to give back, and this is our way of giving back. 
all of us as Christians need to um, invest in our kids, invest in our future. We as a church need to uh, lead and um, bring our children uh, up in a godly manner. We didn't know we'd, we'd like it as much as we do because it was like, okay, what are we getting ourselves into? Way long time, even before we, we came to New Hope. But um, we like it more, and I think you like it more than you thought, too. We, we do yeah. like it. At this, and especially at this stage of the game, it just, with having grandchildren ourselves, it works out really well.